You're listening to Art Heroes Podcast, the show to help you thrive as a digital artist. Tune in to learn how to transform your passion into a career. Get inspired by other kick-ass 2D and 3D artists and find out what it takes to be an art hero. Hello, guys. This is Maria JD. I'm your host at Art Heroes Podcast. Thanks so much for being here once again this week. And today, I'm not just meeting one artist, but the whole group. Well, it's actually two of them, and it's two guys from Custom Play. Custom Play is a studio based in Mexico that creates amazing printables for RPGs and tabletops. They also make it really big on Kickstarter with their products. And I'm really excited to learn how they, as independent artists, manage to put their forces together and make something bigger than themselves and uh, continue gaining the success with thousands and thousands of their uh, followers and uh, patrons. Anyway, enough of me here. Let's meet Cost and Play. Hi guys. Um, <laughs> hey. So I'm like, you know, I'm really confused because now it's a double podcast. So I don't know who's hosting who. <laughs> anyway, uh, super I, nice to meet you guys. <laughs> yeah, same, same. I think that uh, we can go ahead with, with what you had in mind first. And then at, at the end, we can for yeah, sure like just like, like a collaboration. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So very unusual edition of this podcast when <laughs> it's a custom play meets art heroes, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, guys. So uh, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves first? Uh, my name is Alex and um, I'm a 3D sculptor at Cast and Play. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was really original. Okay. Well, go ahead, Hoss. Now you. Uh, sure. Well, like you said, my name is Hoss and I am like the one of the main concept artists at, at Cast and Play. Amazing. Yeah, so making drones. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, and now you can go both and introduce custom play because, <laughs> you know, I think it's also pretty amazing that you both are here. So we're going to have a full picture of uh, what custom play is. Yeah. Yeah. So we basically do uh, models for 3D print, 3D models for home 3D printing for board games, mainly D&D and role-playing games. And uh, there's other kinds of games, but D&D is like the, the biggest one. And so we create sets of miniatures for people to 3D print at home so that they can play in their homebrew games or in their, uh, or for their Warhammer armies for like to create these massive uh, armies of miniatures or maybe like for, for people who paint them. Exactly. So there's a lot of uses for the, for the products that we do, but we we specialize in doing 3D models for 3D printing. Cool. So this is really interesting because, you know, I guess I'm not a board game player myself, <laughs> so I'll never actually understand this, but uh, uh, are you guys into board games? Like, do you play? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Like if you could see like the, like the cabinet Wait, if, there. If I can turn the camera and not mess it. <laughs> yeah. It, it seems like I, a, it seems like a, Tour, oh my like... god, yes, okay, I see it now. <laughs> Amazing. So Thanks all of those are yes. <laughs> okay, so this yeah. is your collection now. This is the studio's collection. Yeah, well, so studio's collection. Here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah. um like can you guys quickly maybe give me a little bit of background how you how you started and how this let's say hobby grew into you know, into the whole studio working on it. Yeah, so uh, it started back in like mid-2018. And uh, like I've been playing like obsessed with board games for, for a good part of five years, I guess. Um, kind of even I think I, I stopped playing video games to, play, to, to get more into board games. So at some point I, I got into more complex board games like Warhammer and D&D, and, and which I, I didn't play as a kid. I started playing like a couple of years ago and I was very intrigued, but being in Mexico and at that point we were living in Cancun because of, uh, we it's found studio. like a new startup there that popped up and they hired us. So we were there and uh, that's where we met. Good. I was working <laughs> as an, it, it was a mobile 
game startup and I was working as an environment artist. And I was I was like a splash artist, like making illustrations for the characters for the for them to appear in the like whenever you select a character, you could see like his features and everything. And there was a okay. a cool illustration, yeah. Yeah. So some of the the, the studio members there and, and friends, we started getting more into into Warhammer. Um, mostly and, and a little bit of DD. and that's like being in cancun like it's still a big city in mexico but you don't have like one day amazon shipping you don't have like a lot of gaming stores so getting miniatures it's first expensive and second like there <laughs> wasn't a lot of places to get them so and these new technologies in 3d printing were popping up and uh they were very interesting to us um so i i had like a prototype of a board game that i made several years ago, not, not a board game, for a, for a video game that was sort of like in a board, it had miniatures. And a friend had like a 3D printer that he wasn't using. And I'm like, hey, I think I could print like, I already have like 50 models that I made for, for this prototype. They're, they're not like super complex, but they're more like like locked out and they're post. So I could print them and we can we could use them for our D&D game. And he's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Uh, he gave me the printer and I printed like, all of them, they had like major issues, but uh, <laughs> it was a lot of trouble printing them. And it, it got me thinking like, hey, like we could, like there's a lot of people who like, it's super cheap to print a, a miniature. And if I can put this online and, 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 and anyone in the world can, can get it and print it for the game, it's like, that's great because they don't have to spend thousands of dollars in, in an army or in a lot of miniatures that you're gonna use only once. So if yeah, you, you can, can select like a printer and print one thing that you need for that encounter, that's gonna be perfect. Yeah. So we opened a, shop, a Shopify store and we sold like $2 in the first couple months. <laughs> and, uh, but we still kept going because it was fun. And, and we're like, well, we'll still, well, maybe if, if at some point we have like a thousand, we maybe can make a living out of this. So we didn't know <laughs> how it was going to work, but we're having fun with it. So we kept doing it. And at some point, I, I like doing more research, I found that this great original idea that I had was already being done by <laughs> a lot of people on Patreon. And I think you know Miguel Savala, you had him here. Yeah, on the yeah, yeah. So he was one of them. And there was a couple more that were, were pretty big. And we're like, oh, so Shopify is not the way yeah. to go because you have to do marketing. And we didn't know anything about marketing, nor did we have money to, to spend on Facebook ads to bring people to our store. So uh, we're like, OK, we're going to hop into Patreon, see if it works. So uh, we recorded a video. We set, set uh, the Patreon up. And before we, we, we started posting it on Facebook groups and everything, we got our first our first patron. It was like, wait, is this, is this like a bug, or is, it, or is this my mom, or is this like real? Yeah. And uh, like, I looked up the, the, the backer report because only we only had one backer, and there it was, uh, like a new patron. Uh, it was a dollar then, and we're like, wow, like someone paid for this, and that kept us going and uh, we posted on Facebook groups. We started getting more. To this day, we, we still speak to that first patron. <laughs> I sent him a message. I'm like, how did you find this? And he's like, well, I'm just browsing Patreon. I found you and I think you, you work. Super nice. difficult. And, yeah. Yeah, it's difficult because there's no, Patreon doesn't promote creators. So it doesn't yeah, have no. like, like, a, like a good uh, explore section on, on the website. So you have to, to put the name of who you're looking for in the... Yeah, you kind of you kind of have like you have to have an audience before you go to Patreon, so they jump up to that rather than just like randomly posting a Patreon site and somebody just it like was really weird. <laughs> yeah, and we started doing that, and for a couple of months it was just a hobby, and then when the studio owners where we were working at told us that there was no more money and that they would have to uh -oh. close or or, or stop <laughs> the project for the moment. Chaos. Uh, got us thinking. Uh, at that point, it was just uh, three sculptors, like Mariana, Mao, and I. And I told them, like, I can. She had a pretty good job working for a for a VR studio uh, in China, well, remotely. So I'm like, well, I think if I, if we give this a shot, we we can we can make something. We can make a lot more miniatures. We can make like collections if, instead of single miniatures, and these would might grab more attention. 
And uh, yeah, like first, first three weeks working full time on it. And, uh, and we jumped, I don't know, probably like a couple hundred patrons in those three weeks. Wow. And we were like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's where it started. And ever since it's kept growing, growing, growing every month. So we've been able to, to now have like a concept art team that yeah. costs leads <laughs> and uh, have like a studio space, which our patrons allow us to do and have like a board game collection for the studio. So how yeah, that's amazing. how, how yeah. crazy. That's so is it like, so is Patreon still like your number one platform or you have other? Financially? We just, yeah, I guess, you know, because other platforms as of like uh, Instagram and, uh, oh, and Facebook, oh. they're just promotional. I mean, they're just like, but yeah. still like, uh, yeah. So do you only sell through Patreon or there is something uh, else now? At this point, like my manufacturing, maybe. Yeah, we create a monthly set for the month. And then after the month's over, we put out the new one and the old one goes away. And okay. we sell that on a, on our store in my manufacturing, which is like a, like a, STL or 3D printables marketplace. Yeah. That's grown a lot. They've done like amazing work at managing the 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 whole marketplace. And I it's growing. It's a good part of our, our income. And we're also doing Kickstarters like one or two a year. Okay. Uh, we're developing software for board games. Uh, it's like a soundboard for for dungeon masters and, and just to set the mood in your board games. And uh, recently, we ended another Kickstarter for 3D printables. So I guess those three would be like the main sources. Yeah. So now you guys probably have already mastered uh, like all things Patreon and at least all things Kickstarter if you're doing it regularly. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> okay. But like, do you learn, like, do you go ahead and like learn things about the platform on purpose? Like, do you actually like update yourself on like how the platform works or you just like experiment blindly? Uh, like I, I feel like with Patreon changing all the time, I think that, I, I mean, the, the main focus is the same. Like is you have to have your audience elsewhere and then bring them on to, to, to that site. But I guess that every month they change uh, something to like another place and maybe it makes it more difficult for weird. people to it's read it. I, I see. <laughs> it, it all boils down to, I don't want to be like a social media manager and have to learn all these tools that are constantly changing. And we've been fortunate enough that two industries like the board gaming and, and 3D printing industries, like data, like board games are getting more popular. 3D printing like has got new technology that's getting cheaper and cheaper and both together make for where we're in right now. And I think uh, like we have very good luck, like being in the right place. And uh, we try to bring us, like, we focus a lot on our users. So uh, as long as they're happy and we're bringing value to them, that's what we care about. Uh, we don't, like, purposefully learn, like, the tools or, yeah. like, Patreon and, and Facebook marketing and these things. We, we sit down and try to come up with what would our users and our customers would be the most happy with? What do they need for the board games? What would be new and and how could we innovate in this in this space and that's that's what we care most about yeah and i guess that with the community that that has like been created like having their feedback every month when they print the minis they probably say something like uh like this model looks really cool but uh i don't know maybe the this was too thin for it to print so so we kind of think that from the from the for the next collection and be like okay from the concept is going to be like thicker uh, for to give an example, no, like maybe yeah. the action pose or whatever, like we, we used to focus too much in shape of the characters, for example, and, and they were like, okay, this is really cool, but in a board game where I want this guy to attack, the pose has nothing to do with an attack, you know, it's like, it, it's like, so just like posing there, like in a photo. So, so that gives us like more feedback and that's what we learn more about rather than the, the platform. The feedback is for these guys, like the feedback, Oh wow! Patreon. Yes, yes, I've seen it on uh, on Patreon. <laughs> oh, was it the guy that I could see on the video? There is the uh, demo video. Probably because we do like a like a trailer video for all. <laughs> yeah, our yeah, yeah, exactly. Trailer yeah. video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that one. See, okay. the, the feedback we got from this is like it's too hard to assemble because it has a lot of spikes. So I hurt myself when I'm gluing it together. <laughs> right. So you would never imagine that's gonna be like a, a problem niche. when you're modeling it. And yeah. 
we've now done like spikes not as sharp. Can you show it you... a little a little sure. more just like once again? It's just yeah, so all the spikes. Yeah, yeah. that looks a bit dangerous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's heavy. So it's it's I heavy. guess. So. I guess. Wow. So, yeah. How interesting. So how do you guys come up with collections? I'm really curious about your process and specifically about the part where, you know, like different board games overlap. So, for example, mm -hmm. if you work with D&D and mm -hmm. other games, how do you combine a collection uh, so that you kind of uh, uh, cater for all the needs and wants or you don't really care about catering for everyone? You just do whatever you want. <laughs> We don't do whatever we want, but we don't care about other games at this point because, okay. like, we we polled our patron, we poll our patrons every month. They get to decide which is the new collection coming next month. So we have like a lot of them in the works. We have like a like concept for for a couple, and then we put them on the poll, and whatever they decide, we go finish that month, and then we put it out next month. And in terms of like the, the overlapping board games, at first, like I would say for the first year, we were trying for our collections to cater to D&D players and Warhammer players, which are like, I think the two biggest yeah. uh, audiences we have. But then we polled them and like 80, 80 to 85% per of our subscribers are playing mostly D&D. So we oh, made the okay. decision to, to, to focus on D&D. And in these two years, there's been a huge amount of creators come up doing STLs and 3D printables for different games. So at this point, if you want to find someone who specifically does miniatures for Blood Bowl, which is a board game, uh, which is, is like fantasy uh, American football with yeah. orcs and elves. So there's patrons who do that. And if you're looking for Warhammer miniatures for your armies, you'll find someone who does that. So we decided to do like D&D because that's what our uh, customers wanted more. Yeah, and I think that another factor that kind of like um, makes us decide which collections to put in a poll is like uh, whenever like D&D Beyond or something releases like a new book or something like that, uh, we kind of want to get ahead of that and create something that people can use for those new books and new content that comes from from yeah, yeah. from official uh, yeah creators. The other thing about D&D, like Wizards of the Coast, has taken like a very uh, open-minded uh, posture about it and like people creating homebrew things for D&D. So it's pretty easy to come up with. Of course, you cannot use like the trademarks, but as long as you're careful with that, you can put up like pretty much anything. They, they are happy to have people homebrew their own settings and their own campaigns uh, because ultimately brings more people to the game. Whereas in other games, like you, I think you can get in trouble for making like, uh, games workshops like Space Marines, if you just do yeah. something very similar, it might get taken down. So it's also mm -hmm. another thing we don't want to worry too much about. So d and is safer for us. Yeah. So what's the process then? You know, like uh, how long does it take you guys to to come up with a collection? And what's, you know, what are the stages uh, within, mm -hmm. let's say, um, like a small studio like you guys, mm -hmm. meaning that you're not even, you're not one person, but you already work together. So there is like right. some collaboration going on about like this process. Uh, so yeah, so how does it happen and how many people and how long does it take? I think that that workflow is also like, has been evolving with time because uh, I, I remember that when I first entered at Custom Play, like, uh, we were working like like kind of like rushed into to to like finish the collection so like the concept had to be like ready really quickly and and now that we are like getting a little bit ahead there's like more time for us to work on the concept to have like better concepts and stuff so uh i think that right now i would say that it's like maybe 3 days uh like exploring for for a specific character maybe well, before that after patrons have chosen the theme, we take like, I would say like, let's say like a full day of work, like eight hours of mm. figuring out which, uh, yeah, which, which models units. will get made. So we're gonna make two heroes, an enemy, a couple of minions, terrain, tiles. <laughs> uh, we have like a, like a little system where, where we kind of know how much content we put out every month. Okay. But it all depends. If we're making like a heroes collection, well, there's not gonna be enemies there. But if we're making like a, 
uh, dungeon, like, like the Greek one. Yeah. So instead of making a lot of heroes, we made like a lot of enemies, like Greek themed. So we had like that little system. We come up with all the ideas that we want to make. So let's say we want to make like a human. We want to make like a wizard. We want to make a bear. I don't know. Want to make <laughs> trees. We want to make uh, grass tiles. And once we have that, then we pass it on to them. And yeah, I think three to five days per concept, depending on the character. Is like yeah. bosses take more. Yeah. So yeah. So I think it's like two days for like props and and tiles, and there's three days for like normal characters, and there's four days for for a boss. And uh, we create like in the concept art like like group, we create like a mood board, and we talked about we talk about the feedback from past collections to to improve the next ones, and then we start like iterating and working, and we kind of like gather on Discord and and give ourselves like like uh yeah so so that everyone is in the same page so we kind of like like talk about the collection first and then we start creating after we finish uh, the concept which is like like all the angles that need to be seen for a modeler to create it we we pass it on to 3D and and then that's your yeah in 3D I would say like for a character we're now posing. We're now sculpting the characters in pose, which allow us to to uh, have them be way more dynamic from the get go yeah. and have more feedback on the pose instead of posing at the end and reading all the detail and stretching the armpits and all that. Um, but I would say like three days for each sculpt is like kind of the average. Maybe a little bit more for bosses, a little bit less for props. Once that is done, we send it to different. I want to say different teams, but it's just like different areas because it's mainly the same team. So we export like the models for the trailers to be made, for renders to be taken. Um, once the renders are done, we send that back to the 2D team so that they can work on the box arts. They paint over the the, the renders, the renders to make like the, the yeah like the box art, and we send the characters to someone else so that they can write like a little bit of story for the whole collection and for each character. So we make cards for each character, uh, a little bit of background on each of them. And at the same time, the model is sent to the pre-supports team. Uh, it's more of like quality assurance. So they test print every single model before we put it out. Oh, wow. They, this is huge. Yeah, sort <laughs> of. <laughs> Most of these tasks are done by the same people. Like once I'm done with a model, I I would render it myself next week and then send it back to Haas. So, okay. um, and the pre-supports team, they make an amazing job. They test print the models in different printers with different resins and they do the supports and export like a, like an, another SQL, yeah. which already has the supports so that people just have to load it into the slicer and hit print. They don't have to do anything else. And it's been tested in different resins. Uh, we've taken pictures of them, of the test prints that come out really nice. We take pictures of them, post them on social media. And um, by then, I guess we have like a couple of <laughs> days left to, to fix things. And then we put it out on Patreon on the second second of each month. And then we'll receive all the feedback and this is not working. This supports it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> after all of yeah. this, after all of this, I bet, yeah. I bet. It's a bit of a process. But hey, this is crazy. Yes, of course, this is like, this is process. Um, yeah, but I couldn't imagine that you guys print it in different resins and stuff. So, I mean, I see yeah. Form Labs. I mean, Form Form 2 is that on the background, is that's, it? That's a Form 3. Form 3, sorry. We use sorry. that for, uh, for bigger pieces that... Uh, the original idea was to get that to sell prints of our of our minis, and then we're <laughs> like, "Oh, this is way too expensive." Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's basically now a nice toy that we have, <laughs> uh, and we print the models that we want to photograph in the, in that one. All the yes. models are, are tested in photon printers, uh, Elegumars, Saturns, uh, Frozen, like the ones that everyone uses. Uh, or all our customers so that we're because it's pretty easy to print in that one you, you almost never get errors but that wouldn't be realistic like putting out a model and say hey it it printed fine in mine yeah it's like it's right. perfect for form three <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i know yeah well but crazy huh like uh so what's the the average size of dnd miniature was it like five centimeters no it's it's more like three centimeters. okay 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 this is this is a bigger one Okay. I wish I had more here. I don't know if we have like yeah. a human standard human. 
Yeah, I see this one. Okay, okay. Oh, wait, I actually have a, a human, because this is bigger than a human. I have one painted. Give me one second. So the sure. the boss is like the one that you saw, like like the one with the spikes. Like yeah. we, we we tried to make like this epic one, and then like that's also like a plan before like the collection. We we are like okay, so there's gonna be like a mini boss, and there's there's gonna be like a minion from that. So so the so the size is kind of like vary, but uh, yeah, I guess that uh, a standard human would be like three and a half centimeters, something like that. Yeah. So, wow. So yeah. After testing all this, I guess. Oh yeah, nice. This is painted. Yeah, that yeah. one's painted. One of the few that we painted. Like a Sorry wizard my... or something, right? Yeah. Sorry for my. And this trembling. is one of the from our current Kickstarter. Yeah, that's another. Oh, no, that's not that spiky. I'm sure that could do, right? It's not like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is some sort of rat king. Yeah. Uh, they they live like in the sewers, and uh, they command like an army of rat people. <laughs> oh my god okay so do you also like make up stories about them or it's just yes. like up to people to i mean they can do both, whatever yeah. they want that's just part of like 3d printing like if they don't have a use for for a certain kind of wizard they can just chop the head keep bash another head and do something else with it but with the ones that we put out we put out uh also these text cards where they have like a nice lore. colored illustration and a bit of lore and it all ties together so every month is like a new collection. Most people use them. Um, it's a lot of work to, to dungeon master a D&D session. So, so any help like that any is... help like that is appreciated by them because they they might want to focus their efforts in in creating the world for their players and these situations. So having the background on the characters just give, gives them that little extra that they wouldn't have had if we didn't put it out. Right. Interesting. I actually have, you know, like three huge topics that I still want to cover. So I wanted right. to, like, <laughs> next thing I was really curious about, how is that yeah. uh, to you guys working uh, with friends and just in general, like, you know, like, like collaborating and working together? Because it's not that you're like employed together for, you know, for the same company. You actually like create art like all the time together. So how does right. that feel? And, uh, you know, <laughs> if you can, like, give me, like, upsides, downsides, because I don't think it's really, really common that people collaborate to the, uh, you know, to, 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 to actually to the level of um, starting, like, a project or, like, a long-term mm. or something like a business together. So, yeah, how does this work for you? Um, yeah, how yeah. does that work for us? I, I, I mean... <laughs> It's still, the best do you still like each like, other? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Of course. Like, this is even, like, this is the best work I've had ever, for sure. Yeah. And, like, I, I had an interesting interesting chat the other day with one of the other sculptors in the team. He's in another city, and he was working, I'm not going to say who, because he might get in trouble, but uh, he was working for an agency that does work for AAA games. He was working oh. on projects like Madden and, and Fortnite, and uh, he was working on the new Overwatch skins. And he left that to be here, which is like we appreciate that a lot. And in talking with him, he, he's like, the only good thing about that other project uh, or that other job was the projects that I touched. But he wasn't allowed to post the work that he did online, nor put it in his portfolio uh crunch time was crazy like he worked a lot of overtime without like proper compensation uh pay wasn't good at all um so yeah like his perspective is like yes it's like we all have the the dream of working these huge ips big studios but most of the artists like in real life will whenever like most of the people who work on those projects are working in these agencies that are uh, being uh, contracted to outsource the art. So uh, he's like, I value what I do here because my opinion does count. I can uh, propose things and come up with ideas that will impact the final product and well, what we will users use, which is like thousands of people are printing these miniatures at home. So having like, like being able to, to, to come up with an idea, put it into the sculpt, uh, if it's like, if we all agree that's better than the original idea and then put it out and for people to enjoy it, like that's very satisfying versus the other thing is more of like, this is my, this was my dream, but now that I'm living <laughs> it, I, I noticed that 
it's not what I expected. And I think, if anything, like we've become become closer friends by working together and, and being able to collaborate than, than before. Cool. So how does this guys, you know, like you worked with uh, uh, in a video game studio before, right? Yeah. Until it ran out of funding. So you can probably also compare um, the two industries as of, um, you know, uh, making miniatures versus uh, working in a video game, in a video game, um, on video game art, like as an artist, do you see like a major different difference? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So <laughs> I mean, especially how, you guys yeah. in 3D, right? Well, my, I'll go ahead and you can just say yours because I think there's different. I think that in concept is probably like around the same, not the same, but around the same, but in 3D, I think it's like... It's very okay. different. Yeah. Uh, I feel more like an artist working in miniatures than I, than in video games. And the reason is because I don't have to worry about like a lot of technical things. And it's not that I dislike them. I actually started my career as a rigger. Uh, really? Yeah, okay. like a year after that, I decided in animation, I decided that that wasn't for me. Um, and I went into environment. Uh, and like environment more than characters, you have to do a lot of modular things. You have to worry about it being optimized. Uh, you have to worry about like, yeah, things that in here Topology. don't matter. Like you do reuse some of that, some of the assets to, to make it faster. But like really getting into posing a character and telling a story with the pose and, and the design of the character that instead of a T-posed one, uh, that's the main difference. And uh, I feel more of a sculptor um, now than I did before. And I also learned that I didn't know anything about posing until I started doing miniatures. Like all I did for years before that was T-posed models, which... Uh, which is a, like, it doesn't sound as, as big as a big deal, but for miniatures, I would argue that posing is more important than the detail itself, because you're looking at them from a pre, they're tiny. Yeah, but also, you know, like the, 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 the print is quite small for detailing, you know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. So pose is everything. And once you notice that you know nothing about posing, we, at some point we were considering bringing an animator to, to teach us how to, to really pose characters. We didn't end up doing that because we didn't have enough money to do it, but. Uh, that would have been amazing. Like have like an animator just focusing on, on having the best poses. That would be awesome. So for now, all we can do is like just act ourselves and just start posing <laughs> randomly here in the in this couch and stuff from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Yes, and I I feel like uh, the one thing that I could say that is like that I I, I really kind of like um, how you say this. Um, relate from mobile games to this yeah. in terms of like character design yeah and it, it's not that i was a character design in the other studio but something that was on and on said and said again and again on the other studio is like it's for a mobile game you're gonna see the, the like the character this big just like being running there so focus on big features for this character focus on big features that you can read on from really far away so when jumping from that to this, I was like, oh, it's kind of like the same thing. So so yeah, in concept, you kind of like have to think about that because sometimes you start to, to be like, okay, I'm going to focus in these really small uh, details that this character might have. And, and it's like, no, that's not like the important thing. You have to make like fewer and bigger features for these characters. And yeah, I think that that relates to mobile gaming, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, like that to me, that makes total sense because in the end of the day, you want a memorable character, uh, like that that actually has personality. So there is the mm. similar way of transmitting that personality, um, yeah, through like yeah, posing features and uh, yeah, whatever gets noticed. So like mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess like mo mobile games. Yeah, like actual like. Um, like high res more of characters for different games are of course like different uh, yeah different roles so yeah, for yeah. sure wow that's uh that's the <laughs> whole story and so um uh, the next thing i was curious about is uh, uh what do you guys see as you know next step for custom play growth so where do you think this could you know um like develop to and uh uh, like how this uh, could grow, like as a project. 
through, you know, just like adding more platforms, adding more games. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just... We've been discussing a lot of things because we get excited about a lot of them, but we don't have to do them all. So one of the, we obviously got into software uh, for board games. So making tools for board games, uh, that's, it's not what we're not planning anything new right now, but that's always something that, that, that we're interested in, um, like tools for dungeon masters to, to organize all the information they have for the games or a way like uh, we were thinking at some point about an app that connects players with dungeon masters and they all have access to the information in their devices. Something like that could be uh, explored. Right now we're, um, we worked for a year and a half on the Kickstarter that we just finished, which is, uh, oh wait, I'll show you one right now. It's it's like a full kingdom. They're houses, and they wow. have play, playable interiors, so you can open them and, and play inside. So we're we're kind of trying to get that finished um, before we jump into something new. So it could be software, it could be more three D printables for Kickstarter, it could be a video game like featuring our characters. Uh, we're not sure. There's a lot of things that could be done, but we're definitely more focused on on maintaining our patron healthy, uh, having all our patrons as happy as we can, um, because they allow us to explore all these different things, right? So as long as we can keep bringing the best service that we can with these three printables, we'll be able to explore other things. And you never know what, what's going to work and what doesn't. Yeah. Work. yeah, I think that like it kind of goes like with what we said before. is like D&D um, is like a really expandable universe that there's always going to be like new content coming in and stuff. So I think that um, listening to the feedback of, of uh, our supporters and staying on our A game, like there's always going to come like new ideas. Like if, if people really like the, the Kickstarter that we made of, of these, uh, these houses where the, the kingdom that we make, we're probably going to, made something that that works with that so that what? people can like continue crazy. working oh my god yeah. this is so cute this so, is so cute I, and I it's quite big it. huh do you want some help? so they're yeah. pretty they're 3d printable right so yeah yeah as always you sell just uh, on the dot cell yeah but oh wow okay yeah, so amazing store a couple minis there <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you I don't know yes. if you can see that, but it has like a grid. So you can open this and play inside and it, it's already all grid out. This is the smallest of the houses for the project. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. It's going to take so, up the space yeah, of an entire room. I'm finishing this <laughs> first before jumping into a new project. And wow. yeah, it, it was like a huge success on Kickstarter. People really liked them. And um, once they have it, they will give or they will give us their feedback and we can maybe yeah. create more and more and more. Yeah. Okay. There's different variations, so we have different roofs for this one. So you can have like a couple. And this and is like you know, like it's possible to paint this and all. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I sprayed this because it was black filament, so that's why oh, okay, it kind of okay, looks okay, like okay, it, okay. it's like ambient occlusion in some spaces. But that's just like the the spray. So you could do that, and then like with an airbrush, like uh, paint this in a day, and it would be not great, but pretty decent uh, for play. This, it would be more than enough but i know that people really get into painting this and they would spend weeks painting one and they i know yes <laughs> yes so uh, when you say that it was really successful on kickstarter uh what does yeah. it mean for you that it met the goal yeah we, well we've been working so long for the in this project that uh we had a lot of the work done when we went into into the project because we wanted to show the final thing we just weren't sure about how we would distribute it. Would we put it out for FDM printers, which are bigger plastic ones or smaller resin printers? So one of the stretch goals was if we meet this goal, we're gonna cut everything so that it fits really small resin printers. And we did meet that. So now everything, like every, this is cut like in eight sections uh, for people to assemble and they oh can God. get really good quality out of these printers, like smaller photon printers that are really inexpensive. Like for $160, you can get one of them and comes with resin. Um, so yeah, we, we didn't have like a high goal and we, we funded the project in like three minutes. Um, really? but the goal wasn't, yeah, yeah. But the goal wasn't like really 
what we needed to finish the project because but then, I mean, but then yeah. I guess you had more backers still after yeah. after the yes. first three minutes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. We had uh, sixteen hundred backers for the whole project, and it was like hundred and fifty k USD for the for the whole project, which which will uh, enable us to bring a, for the houses. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Okay. And we unlocked a, a lot of, of new houses. We'll be able to bring more sculptures to help us finish them. We'll be able to cut them all for resin printers, pre-support everything so that people don't struggle. Because print, printing this takes like 60 hours. And yeah. if we can make this easier for, the, for, the, for, for all the backers, that's great. So we'll put all this through the pre-supporting team. We're going to test them. We're going to create more. We're creating like, like, like a like a huge tavern that's going to be all split and you could like take uh, that tavern, out, that tavern is going to be like, <laughs> it's like this size. Oh my God. Yeah. It's pretty big. It's like a, so, yeah, it's like yeah. a Barbie, Barbie house, but for boys, for like boys yes. that are over 30. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> that's exactly what Okay. Yes. Now I understand what this Kickstarter about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like an easy way to describe yep. the project <laughs> basically yeah, most of our of our backers are like uh, yeah there's, there's i would say there's a good amount of women involved as well but there, it's mostly men and it's of mostly course. yeah uh, boys over 30 come on just like <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 up until like 55 i'd say yeah yeah wow how crazy yeah. so like mm -hmm. um Sorry, last question. I'm just like really into it. It's okay. Go you ahead. Know, like, like, <laughs> we usually I'm, extend our podcast. We've had like two hour podcasts. So as, oh as long God. as you don't mind, we're okay with it. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. But like I, I was really curious where, you know, where most of your audience, um, you know, finds you because, you know, uh, well, Kickstarter has a little bit of like native traction. So people mm. can just like, you know, find your project if it's successful if they have similar interests. As we've spoken before, Patreon is not like that. So you actually need to bring audience. Um, yeah, so how do you guys do it? I mean, you're definitely uh, smashing it. Thanks. Uh, so definitely is it like uh, social media? I mean, I know you've got mm, certain following here and there. It's kind of weird because like Kickstarter does have like a front page and everything, but I wouldn't advise for anyone to count on that. If you don't have okay. an audience, don't go to Kickstarter. You're gonna lose your time. So first, build your audience and then go to Kickstarter, because it's a lot of work to put a Kickstarter together, and you don't want to lose that time. So make sure you have an audience first. Uh, we were running for a year and a half before our first Kickstarter, so uh, yeah, it's okay. weird for us because some people have said to me that uh, they really don't understand how it works because most patrons where you see like they have like i don't know like a thousand patrons you would go to their youtube or or fan page and they, they would have like a hundred k followers and in our case it's the other way we have more people on patreon than anywhere else well at this point we have more followers on our fan page on facebook but it really didn't came from the from from there so it's mostly us or the way we built our audience, it's posting on Reddit, posting on Facebook groups, oh, giving right, away yeah. a lot of things. Like we try to give away every month at least one or two miniatures so that people who, who are not convinced or don't have money or don't want to support us for the whole, for the whole collection can get at least something. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, I would say we have like, I guess like 60, 70 free models that people can download and just use for the games. Um, we have a Gumroad store for that. And yeah, it's it's mostly word of mouth posting on groups. It's very niche. So these groups does don't have like a lot of members, like probably 15k members, but they're all really into it. Like 3D printing is a whole hobby in itself. Yes. And and they combine it with with D and D, which is another huge hobby. So model makers also get a uh, uh, good use of the models. So yeah, I would say like I, I don't have a formula. I would I don't know how you would start now because there's so much competition now that if you did exactly yeah if you do what we did it won't work today so that's the thing i i agree i agree i think you know it's just like uh, uh you can't repeat and replicate because no. platforms evolve and change like all the yeah. time so I, I think the the only thing that can be replicated and and 
I think this works for any industry and anything you're trying to do, like as a solo project or trying to start something is to be consistent, like yeah. not getting discouraged if you're not getting the views. Uh, don't stop. For the first year, you're not going to see any traction. So just keep doing it. Keep posting. Hear the audience. Make your product better. Uh, well, first of all, put it out as it is. doesn't matter because you're going to get a lot of feedback. Even if it's perfect for you right now, it's going to change because that's not what people need. I can almost assure you that it is not what people need. So once you get that feedback, uh, go back to the drawing board, make your product better and repeat, 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 repeat. At some point it'll work. Yeah. But that's the main thing that can be, that, that, that's the only thing that can be repeated uh, in, I would say any industry. Like if you're consistent, eventually you'll make it. Yeah. So how do you guys work on yourselves as artists? Like costs, what do you do to kind of keep improving? Um, well, like, like I said, I think that uh, having feedback from from people and Alex, which is like uh, the one that like reads more the comments on Patreon and, and Discord, and he gives these comments back to, to, the, to the team. I think that's one. Then another one is like, uh, we've kind of like uh, made a workflow of like having like really huge mood boards because some of these issues that the people might have on their designs, they're most likely being um, solved by other people. So going into ArtStation or Pinterest and like browsing for a specific kind of like art, you'll you'll find something that that is like it's gonna be like okay, so okay, that that's how it actually can work. Like they've solved it this way, so now I can implement that into my own kind of like ideas and make it better. So so yeah, it's like. It's, it's like that, like like Alex said, like just going, uh, being consistent and all the time, like kind of like going through the through the other people's work and, and just implementing new stuff into your own. I think that that's like, uh, that's the way to go. And I, I, I like having a different collection every month. I think that that's like really useful because you kind of like try something next month, you will see how it went and you, you can iterate on that. Aside from like, if you, on the contrary, if you are like creating your own stuff uh, and probably take like six months on something and then you show it and it's like, okay, that didn't yeah, work. Yeah, but it, what... was didn't, it was not amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, having every month uh, this feedback is really, really helpful. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely the point of diminishing returns. Like in art, I guess you can spend like 30 hours on a sculpt, like for a miniature, let's say. And if you spend 10 more hours, it'll get a little bit better. But those 10 hours, you could you could get started with another one. Yeah. And and put that out, get feedback, and that next one's gonna be way better than those 10 hours put into the first one. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And artists, we we, we like to take a lot, for, especially for personal projects, we like to fiddle with every slider, with every little thing. We we obsess over things, and uh, I think like most of the audience won't notice those changes. If it's a little bit more blue, a little bit more green, it might be very important to you, but most of the time that's not gonna be what makes it work or not, or that's not one, that's not what makes your image or your render viral, right? It's uh, yeah. you have to, to sometimes take a step back and see the whole picture and uh, make sure you're using your time wisely. Yeah, I think that that's, that's only, achieved by like releasing new stuff every time then you can focus on the important things later you can be like okay if i had spent two days more in this concept for the face of this character i wouldn't probably have seen that this was too thin so in the end for the user it's going to be the same like it doesn't matter if it has like the perfect hair or the perfect expression this doesn't work. So also, when you have an army of people waiting for the deadline, yeah, they're gonna be mad if yes. it's late. Well, we have to finish on time. Yeah, yeah. True. I'm actually gonna give uh, another shout out to Miguel Zavala because uh, he uh, yeah. just recently was telling me exactly that, and I just can't agree more. I mean, that you know, like uh, he also has his certain like uh, structure of uh, making yeah. a model within certain hours and uh, yeah. it's just pretty much not allowing yourself go any further uh, because yeah. that's it like it's time to ship 
it's time to ship. <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, of course. And like, I guess for you, the pressure is real. Like you've got the, uh, the, the release date and that's it. Like for the release date, everything has to be, yeah, up, tested. Basically, Ideally. Yeah. At, some, at some point we made the decision that we were going to invest in having a, a little bit of a bigger team, which is what we have right now, so that we could take some of that pressure off of ourselves. Because you don't get to rest. It's month after month after month after month. Yeah. And it's always deadlines and in, in, in tight ones. So we decided to have like a, a, another sculptor, another concept artist, so that we can take a bit more time to think yeah. everything really well and not having to work 15 hour work, uh, 15 hour days every day, all of us. So uh, it's been a couple of months like that where we've been more relaxed. And I think the work in itself uh, shows, you can see like there's really a big jump in quality in the past months because of that. So we were able to think more everything. Wow, that is cool. Well, no, of course, I think it's just like a, a little bit of extra headspace um yeah. makes makes a difference and it's really hard to manage actually when you i guess work for yourself as an artist so in mm. this case just work directly for your clients or like for your uh yeah. patrons yeah so, no, and it's yeah. difficult to make the decision of uh oh bringing someone in it's always like a huge risk because you don't yes. know if, if next month everyone will hate the collection and they will drop their subscription and it could happen and uh luckily it hasn't happened it hasn't happened yet but, <laughs> uh even if it did happen i think we've managed to to do it in a in a way that could allow us to to work something out so uh but it's not to say that there, there goes a lot of, of thought and planning behind every one of these decisions so and it, it all boils down to people saying oh i like this better did you change something hmm. and uh, <laughs> yes they, okay they, there's a lot of things that came before that just to make that miniature better. Yeah, true. No, and I think that that having uh, these extra hands and, and this amazing team that we have, I think that that has brought a lot of like, like fresh eyes also to the, to, to the projects because after designing, I don't know, hundreds of miniatures you kind of like stuck in like like am i doing this pose again like is, is, is this the <laughs> same pose that i did for the for the th three characters that i made before so having these new eyes uh, is like okay actually we can try these new poses that this this uh, other concept artist is proposing and stuff so so that's really that has really helped as well i think yeah wow yeah. amazing <laughs> <laughs> so, um, guys, I wanted to suggest, like, I've got, like, a little tradition at Art Heroes Podcast. Um, mm. We always do uh, 10 um, quick questions. Sure. And uh, um, it's, like, almost like a questionnaire. So we'll put you both through the questions. Um, and uh, since it's a joint podcast, if you want, I can join you, too. So okay. we can <laughs> we can all three of us answer the same question. Sure, uh, yeah, yeah. That's to awesome. shuffle things around a little bit. And uh, the only rule is that it's not more than one sentence. Otherwise, okay. the questions never end. And so, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'm ready when you are. I'm, yeah? Um, ready? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right. I'm ready. So, uh, number one tip for combating distractions. You go. Oh, when working from home, sorry. Yeah, so distractions, yeah, number one tip for combating distractions when working from home. Uh, I, I would say noise-canceling headphones. <laughs> that, that's my thing. Whenever I don't want to get distracted. I would say don't fight it, just get distracted and then jump back right to, <laughs> to what you're doing. Yeah, don't fight it. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and I would say uh, write a list. Oh, ah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm just a compulsive list writer. Don't mind me. So, so <laughs> I think uh, we all are, right? Yeah, I, I actually, yeah. <laughs> just like all the way. Anyway, uh, what's your favorite tradi some... tradition or holiday? Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> supposed to oh mine. Okay, no. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! I don't know. I think Christmas maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Christmas. Christmas, Christmas is cool. 
I'll you? stick. I'll stick with Cinco de Mayo because I have never <laughs> celebrated it. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, what's your favorite way to get in some exercise? Uh, you. Your favorite. Your, so, yeah, your just work. like your favorite way to to exercise to get to oh. do some sports. Like um, work out. I walk my dog in the morning. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's pretty enough. much it. Yeah, I would Alex? say that in the very morning. If I don't do it then, it won't happen for the rest of the day. I would love to play sports, but right now it's not possible. So like maybe tennis, soccer, something like that. Yeah. My favorite is mm -hmm. beach volleyball, but I don't do it right now. So just the uh, yeah. yeah, whatever. It's a lot yeah, of <laughs> whatever works. Yeah, you know, whatever works. <laughs> Uh, yeah. What's your most used emoji? Oh, the one with the hands like this. Uh, <laughs> yes. I use it all okay. the time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mine, it, it's not the one I like the most, but it, since I'm responding every day to, to patrons' messages and, and Facebook messages and things, I always use a smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. a, the number one emoji. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And mine is this. Oh, that's uh, yeah. So that's whenever cool. somebody writes to our heroes Instagram, and uh, if you guys see this, that means that's me. Like not, uh, <laughs> cool. not anyone else from the team. Okay. So, uh, what's your source of inspiration? Ooh. I would say other artists. Yeah, like for every, sure. Whenever I feel like I'm not inspired, I would go to Art Station, spend an hour there, and that'll do the trick for me. Yeah, same. I think that and, and a good playlist on the background. That's pretty much it. Like Pinterest art station and a good playlist on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree actually with the playlist uh, mm. and a good view from the window. If you can change the view mm -hmm. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. realized that changing the view really changes the way you think sometimes. Mm. Like, but how, how do you change the view? Just go to a different window. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but are you like moving your desk? Actually, yeah. just... well, yes, I don't have like huge setup, but yes, I actually take my oh, equipment, actually take my equipment and move the desk. Yes, that's actually what I do. <laughs> I know, <That's> yes. <laughs> no, but but it's actually very helpful. And I think that that you and me are like probably the same in terms like we like to change stuff around. Oh yeah, all yeah. the time. Even as a kid, I would change my bedroom every two weeks. Exactly, yeah, yeah. that's what I yeah. mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you just like you look at the different wall. It's also white, but it's just like a yeah. different wall. <laughs> exactly. The problem right now is that when I decide to do that, it's usually at nights. <laughs> and then I look back and I'm like, if I want to change mine, I have to change like four other people's computers. Uh, I better go to bed. <laughs> yeah. I don't do it. Yep. Yes. Yes. Okay. So what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Huh. I think for me, it was not meant to be like a lifetime uh tip or something from my trainer. I used to practice archery when I was like uh, young, I guess. <laughs> and uh, I remember that I went to this really, sorry, it was just one sentence. So it was like, uh, but you would translate it something like bad arrow that you shot, like just, just forget about it. Otherwise the rest of your arrows are gonna be like messed up as well. So this is kind of like lesson like stick in my head for so much that I think that it applies for everything because I, I, I tend to like overthink uh, sometimes and kind of like punish myself whenever I, I kind of like mess up. And I think that that's, that tip has been really, really useful. Yeah. How cool. Well, say, I, I didn't get this one from, from someone in person. Like I've just seen so many people uh, talk about it, like other creators online in, in podcasts or videos or in general. And I already said it, like consistency is the, is the way to, to, to creating something. And I, I, I always repeat, I didn't come up with that. I just heard it somewhere. I heard it in a yeah. lot of places. And but that's so true. Repeated. Yeah. yeah, that's my, that's yeah. something that I repeat to myself every day. I think you heard that on the movie from the founder of McDonald's. Probably, yeah. That's, yeah. Persistence. Yeah, I follow a lot of YouTubers uh, that like talk about like entrepreneurship and things yeah. like this, and they all say the same thing. So yeah. it's stuck in my head. Yeah. What about? And what mine about you? is actually very similar uh, to yours, Haas, and uh, it's like mm. um, nobody cares. 
meaning that <laughs> whatever you actually put out there, I mean, it's yeah. going to be alive for that short. And then in the end of the day, you're like, oh my God, my reputation is going to be ruined if I put up this <laughs> shit artwork. But like, actually, nobody cares. Like, yeah, true. <laughs> um, that is true. Unless it's consistently <laughs> shitty artwork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going to live for 20 minutes and then it's gone. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how do you guys celebrate little victories? I can go first uh, because mine is simple, okay. glass of wine. Oh, awesome. Mm. Or bake a cake. We can bake a cake to celebrate a victory. <laughs> oh, I wish I could yeah. bake. Depends depends on the victory, you know. <laughs> yeah. I would love to, to to be able to well, to know how to bake. I get obsessed over baking shows on Netflix. <laughs> okay, I yes. Them all. I don't know. I think I just order I have like a I'm a fan of burgers. I just like burgers so much. So whenever <laughs> I have like a success, I like to just order a burger and, and just enjoy it with maybe a beer or something and good company. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I would say just getting a good cup of coffee, like taking the time to think <laughs> about it, get the coffee and just self pat yeah. in the back. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, super necessary. Um, so uh, number eight, if you could see one movie again for the first time, which movie would you watch? Oh, this is a difficult one. Oh, just give me one movie. I guess Inception. I, it kind of oh, like... Oh my God, it, it, I had it in my yeah. head. I knew that somebody oh, you would did? say it now. <laughs> no, I'm like, not for me because I'm the only person oh. who hasn't seen it. So, oh really? Well, yes, exactly. you have to see it for the first time. Yeah, I know. You have no, that chance. Everybody, everybody says Inception. Just yeah, okay. Mm, yeah. I would say something epic, like the Lord of some of those movies that I've seen twenty times. Yeah, The Hobbit. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Harry Potter. Mm, Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Just an awesome experience as a kid to see those. Yeah. Great. I would see I Origins from the recent ones. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I Origins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, huh. it's, uh, um, I think it's not like super popular. Um, yeah, huh. like I as I, uh, slash, yeah. Uh, yeah, origins. It's the one with the I. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, just, you know, unpredicted. And, <laughs> and if you could choose two famous people to have dinner with, uh, who would they be? Two famous people? Well, I mean, you can go. I don't, with I don't know. I don't know why, because probably... I'm guessing that he has not nothing to do like with the act the acting he does in Doctor House, but I would say that Hugh Laurie. I think that he's a really interesting guy to talk to. So yeah, that would be mine. I was thinking more about like the art uh, and the video games industry. I was thinking about Ralph Grassetti. Oh, oh yes, like, someone like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that can came that can come true. I'm guessing that you could actually. We can hopefully have him on the podcast one day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Um, I would probably go just like with two random DJs. I don't know. I mean, I guess dead people are allowed. So I'd pick up, <laughs> I don't know, Avicii and David Guetta just to see oh, nice. if they actually can talk as normal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> just a social experiment, you know, like um, I know already that artists can talk really well. So, you know, that's fine. <laughs> um, and the final one, what's your backup career? Like I see... Yeah, like if you're not an artist, what would you do? Hmm. I think that I've been a, a generalist all my life. So I'll probably just jump to another artistic one, I guess. Like, so. ar yeah, artistic, like a joint, a joint career. Yeah. Okay. I guess so. And I would you, love to be Alex? Software engineer. Software engineer. Yeah. Or else. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, you? I, I would work for an NGO for sure. Yeah. That's an that NGO? Way. Yeah, yeah. I was, that was my previous career, I guess. Huh. So just, uh, yeah, like the UN and things like that. Oh, really? That's really cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, not like uh, definitely leave the digital art world for a backup. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. So that was the last one. Huh? That was uh, the question number 10. And I think uh, we did an amazing job, guys, cruising through uh, through this I mean, podcast. Cool. cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, No, for thanks the to you guys. Super podcast. nice meeting you. I mean, like, yeah, I love that. This is just like, I guess it's my first experience of joint podcast. So, <laughs> Same. It I is think. ours as well. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of new podcasts coming out sure. uh, as we find the need to connect with people. Like I've already seen a lot of them pop up, like ours. Yeah. Uh, so ours, yeah. pretty sure you're going to get another one soon. <laughs> That's yeah. fine. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. Anyways, guys, super nice meeting you. And uh, yeah, um, yeah, I guess we'll chat later as well. Sure. Thanks so for much. Sure. Thanks so much. Okay, cheers. Have a good weekend. Bye. 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 Wait, don't go just yet. I've got a really important announcement because if you listen to the episode all the way until the end, you might want to know that you can also join a student meetup with Alex and Haas. We're going to host it on 18th of December this year at 5 p.m. UK time. And when you register on the link in the show notes, just like look below right here. You can get a private invitation and just going to all hang out, uh, go through your questions and uh, meet each other in a more uh, private environment. Anyway, join the meetup. Link is just right here below. And thanks again for listening. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Art Heroes Podcast. Check out www.artheroes.co for show notes, more interviews, and free tools made for you by our team of mentors. Tune in next week for more inspiration and keep up the great work, hero. Mm-hmm.